So as I was preparing to preach this time around, the Lord had put on my heart uh, just the topic of uh, being fully committed, um, being all in. And so as I was thinking about that, there were several pictures that came to mind for me, uh, lots and lots of them, and I'll just share a few. Um, and as I say those words, you know, maybe some things come to your mind, maybe some pictures come to your mind. Um, maybe you see something like this, if you can bring up that first picture. Getting married, right? <clears throat> a husband and a wife. Marriage is a commitment um, in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, right? Um, when I said I do to my wife almost 25 years ago, I was fully committing to her that she would be the only one, you know, in my life, um, that she would be my wife. And so that's a big commitment. Um, maybe you think of something like this, like a contract, an agreement that you will hold up your end of the deal, sign on the dotted line. For me, that just represents so many unused gym memberships. It's, so that one's a little painful for me. I just, okay, we're going to move on. Maybe, maybe you're a gambling man and you think about this. You know, you're like, hey, I'm all in, right? I'm holding nothing back. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You know, I was going to call Kenny and ask him if I could play his song, but I didn't have time, so. No music, sorry. Have I hit uh, something that everyone can relate to yet? No? Maybe I'll do one more. So maybe like me, for me, I, I just don't like swimming. I really don't. And so it's always like i got to jazz myself up for it. So maybe maybe like, like me, you know, you're hesitant to commit to that or just to commit. And so when you do, you have to jump in with both feet, right? So like this guy, he's, he's fully committed. There's no turning back now. It's about to get wet, Right? So there are lots of ways that we can think about commitment, and many different things may come to mind. Um, in fact, <laughs> I was talking to Hawk before the service, and he was like, where's the straitjacket picture? I mean, that's, you know, fully committed. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, that's not really where the Holy Spirit was going, but, but I dig it. Thank you for that, Hawk. <laughs> but I do want to share one more image that came to mind as I was thinking about um, the words fully committed, and that's this one. I thought about Jesus. Friends, Jesus is fully committed. He was fully committed to the Father. The Father sent him to earth, and Jesus did everything that the Father asked of him. In the word it says that he said nothing or did nothing that he didn't see the Father doing or saying. In John 6, 38-40, it says this, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. That all, that of all that has been given me, I lose nothing, but I raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. So the Father sent Jesus to save all of us. We were all dead in sin, and we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. But the Father made a way for us, and that way is Jesus. Jesus would pay the debt for us. That was the Father's plan, and Jesus was fully committed to carrying it out. As it says in John 6.40, we just have to behold the Son and believe in Him. That word behold means to see and to discern. 
And the word for believe means to think to be true and entrust within. If we see Jesus and we discern that he is true and we trust in him, we have eternal life. We're no longer dead to sin, but we're alive in Christ. And the best news is we don't have to pay the price. Our debt is forgiven. But just because we didn't have to pay the price doesn't mean there wasn't a price to pay. The Father asked Jesus to pay the price that we couldn't. And friends, paying the price isn't always fun. In fact, I I suppose it rarely is. I mean, you know, it's fun to go out and enjoy a nice meal and just splurge and, you know, have a nice night. But then when the bill comes, sometimes it's a little rough. (laughs) Sometimes we regret that we ordered that extra plate of sushi or whatever it might be, right? But we got to enjoy the meal. Friends, Jesus never got to experience the temporary pleasure of sin He only experienced the pain of it. We all enjoyed the meal, but Jesus picked up the check. He was fully committed to the Father and to saving us, so he paid the price, even though it was a high price to pay. Paying the price is hard, and and even Jesus asked the Father if he could skip out on the check. He was like, I don't want to do this. In Luke 22, 42, And this is Jesus talking to the Father. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus knew that pain and death on a cross were in his future, but despite that, he was fully committed to his Father and to his Father's plan to save us and to us for our salvation. So he willingly laid down his life in commitment and obedience to the Father so that we could be saved. He was fully committed. As you know, Jesus' death was the end of our bondage to sin, but just the beginning of our new life in him. Three days after his death, he rose again, conquering sin and death. And then he spent 40 more days just kind of tying up loose ends, spending time with his disciples, giving instruction. And before ascending into heaven, even though he had finished his work and he had done everything the Father had asked of him, there was still something else to do. Before he ascended, he made another commitment. His work was complete. He died so that all could be saved, but there would be more to come that needed to hear this message, more that needed to know about God's free gift of salvation and about the debt that he paid for us. And that commitment that he made before ascending was to his church. And friends, he's fully committed to his church. His church is his plan to spread the gospel, to share the good news. And he was fully committed to it. There is no plan B. There is no alternate means that this is supposed to happen. Is the church really really his plan to grow the body? Is it really his plan to expand his kingdom? Are we really it? Are we, there's no plan B? Friends, I know it, it may sound crazy, and even some of the disciples questioned that. In Matthew 28:16 through 20, it says this, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. So Jesus came up and spoke to them to reassure them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit 
teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And he chose us as his church to be the vehicle to to advance his kingdom. We are the ones that are to teach others about him, to make disciples of all nations. Plan A and only plan A, no plan B. He's fully committed to his church, which the word also describes as his bride. It's his bride that he's committed to return for. In Revelation 19.7, it says this, Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. When the time comes, he will return for his bride, for the church. And he is fully committed to his bride. In the meantime, we're to make disciples, add to the body of Christ, do whatever he asks of us, really, to make ourselves ready. Jesus is fully committed to the Father and to his bride, the church. And just as with an earthly marriage between two people, there's a commitment. Both parties should be fully committed. And no differently, Jesus wants his bride to be fully committed to him as he is to her. But I know we're not always fully committed, are we? It's challenging. So what keeps us from fully committing to Jesus? What keeps us from fully committing to the mission that he gave us, to telling people about Jesus and making disciples? There's lots of reasons. But I just want to highlight a few. For some, it's that we fear rejection. What if people don't want to hear? What if they say no? What if they reject us? What if they do? I mean, I get rejected all the time. Pretty much every time I ask my kids to do their chores. I don't like it. I don't like being rejected. But it's not the end of the world. You know, I mean, like, Andy, can I have like 50 bucks? Oh, yay. I wasn't expecting that, but okay, I'll see you after service. Um, Sometimes you get a no, but hey, sometimes you get a yes. But the, the thing is, it's always worth the ask. If he said no, I'm no worse for the wear. It's no different with, with talking to somebody about Jesus. Especially if it's a friend. I mean, even if it's a stranger. But if it's a friend and, and they reject you, if, if there's a legitimacy to, if I talk to them and they just will have nothing to do with me, then, I mean, really, how good of a friend are they? You know? We shouldn't be afraid to talk to anybody about Jesus but we fear rejection sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's the price. Just as Jesus paid a price for his commitment to the Father and to his plan for our salvation, there's always a price that we have to pay for being fully committed to Jesus. We have to give up our plans and our preferences, and we have to trust him and be obedient to him. We have to be open-handed with what he's given us. We want to commit, but sometimes the price is just hard for us to pay. If we fully commit, what might Jesus ask of us? Will the price be too high? In Luke 18, 18 through 23, it says this. A ruler questioned him, saying, Good teacher, 
what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he had heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. So for this rich young ruler, the price was too high for him to pay. He was willing to follow the commandments, but unwilling to give up his earthly riches and follow Jesus, to fully commit to him. Are we more committed to our stuff than Jesus? I hope not, but I know it's challenging. As people, we don't like giving things up, myself included. If you don't believe me, just get on a diet. Any diet. I mean, I could do like the no salad diet. And within a few weeks, I'd be like, man, I could really go for salad. I don't even like salad. (laughs) Not you. Maybe you like salad. Just insert whatever you might think you wouldn't be tempted by in there. We don't like to give things up. What else might we have to give up if we wanted to fully commit to Jesus? If I said, here I am, Lord, send me, where might he send me? Am I prepared to go to the other side of the world for him? To leave all that I know to serve him? For most of us, that's a scary thought. We don't want to leave all that we know. But that is what he asked of the original 12 disciples. They all left their homes to follow Jesus. What else keeps us from fully committing to Jesus? Sometimes it's fear of lack. If we fully commit to Jesus and give him everything that he asks of us, will there be enough for us? This fear is most prevalent in our time and our finances. You've heard the saying, show me your calendar and your bank statement and I will show you what you really value. And while that may sting, and I'm not sure who said it, I think it's a fairly accurate statement. Are we spending time with Jesus? Are we serving in the ways that he's asked us to? Are we trusting him with our tithe? Are we pouring into others? Are we living a generous life? Are we helping those that are in need? Are we making disciples as he's asked us to? All of these things require time or money or both. Are we afraid that we won't have enough if we give Jesus what he's asked us for? Are we more committed to spending our time and our money the way we want than him? What are we committed to? Friends, I know these are hard questions, but it's all things that we have to contend with. It's things that we have to talk through with the Lord and work out. Personally, I find it easy to be generous with my finances, but much harder to be generous with my time. I try to be generous with both, but the time piece is a little harder. I'm not entirely sure why that is. Perhaps it's because I can always make more money, or that more money could show up from anywhere. I mean, Jesus has unexpectedly blessed me with things from unplanned sources here and there as I've needed it. 
but I can't really make more time. We all get the same 24 hours as everyone else. And only Jesus knows how many of those days each one of us get. But either way, the reality is we can trust Jesus with both. I can't explain it, but sometimes, or not sometimes, <laughs> pretty much any time, I say yes to him. If he's asked something of me that takes time from me, when I say yes to him, somehow, some way, you know, despite my calendar, I always have enough. It might be just enough, but I have enough time to get everything that needs to get done done. In the same way, when I say yes to him with my finances, there's always enough, and often even more. In Malachi 3, 10 through 12, it says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, and you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. When we trust him with the tithe, with the tenth, he protects the ninety, and he opens up the windows of heaven and blesses us. Friends, our, our God is a God of abundance. We don't have to fear lack when we trust him. As I mentioned earlier, we don't like to give things up. But make no mistake, friends, Jesus has asked us to. He wants us to be fully committed to him as he is to us, and, and that requires some sacrifice. Like the rich young ruler, that may make us a bit sad sometimes. Perhaps it makes our heart heavy to think about giving up our possessions or moving across the globe or giving him freely of our time and our finances. Maybe we lack fear. A few weeks ago, Mark preached about something that has stuck with me and I've been chewing on since then. He was uh, preaching about repentance, metanoia, change mind. He said that we can change our minds, but only Jesus can change our hearts. Friends, when it comes to our commitment to Jesus, I would encourage us to change our minds. If we're not there, if we're not fully committed change our minds. And I know it may be a bit scary. We may fear giving things up or experiencing lack or maybe we even feel like our heart just isn't in it when it comes to fully committing to him. But let's change our mind and then allow him to change our hearts. There was a time when the thought of the Lord asking me to move to another state or another anywhere, I was like, no way, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I still, if the Lord asked that of me today, I still wouldn't be excited about it. But I trust him. And I know that he knows more than I do. And that he has plans and purposes. And he wants to use me. So if he asked me, I'd say yes, even if it was a begrudging yes. And then I would trust him to change my heart in it. To be excited about it. Let's all do that, guys. Let's change our minds and let him change our hearts. I recommend jumping in with both feet, fully committing like the guy in the sermon graphic. But if you can't find the faith to jump in head first or feet first, 
then take a step with the faith that you do have. Last week, Mark talked about the fact that God can do amazing things even with a small bit of faith. That that mustard seed of faith can move mountains. That that bit of faith yeast will permeate the whole dough. With each step, Jesus will prove himself faithful and our faith will increase. It also would help if we would shift our focus. So often when we look at things like this, it's all about what we stand to lose. But if we shift our focus from what we stand to lose to what we stand to gain, it changes things. Byron, if you could come up. What would it look like if we were all fully committed to Jesus? What could be gained? Maybe we would see our our family and our friends saved. I'm sure we all have family that we've been trying to talk to about the Lord or we haven't. But what if we saw them come to know the Lord? Maybe we would see our town impacted by the love of Jesus in a tangible way, in a notable way, in a way that people that aren't within the church can look in from you know, outside and say, there's something different about this town. What's happened? Maybe marriages and families would be strengthened. Maybe our little church in Erie, Colorado would impact the nations. Maybe he would send one of you to do that work. The possibilities are endless. In John 4.12, it says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Jesus said that we will do greater works than him. He saved the world. What does it look like to be fully committed to Jesus? It's not as complicated as you may think. If you don't know him, the first step is to say yes to him. To say yes to his salvation and lordship and trust him with your life. The second step, say yes to him. The third, say yes to him. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the six hundredth. Fully committing to Jesus is just a string of consecutive yeses. We don't have to allow it to overwhelm us. We can just take each step and trust him. And take each step and trust him. And just keep saying yes. Friends, jump in with both feet if you can. Take one step at a time, one yes at a time if you need to. But he's worthy of it all. Let's fully commit to him. Let's hold nothing back as he is fully committed to us and holds nothing back from us. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you that you were fully committed to us, Lord. Even unto death on a criminal's cross, that you were willing to pay the price for our salvation out of obedience and love to the Father and love for us, Lord. 
So Lord, we just thank you for that, Father. And we just ask that you would help us. We want to commit, Lord. But it's hard. There is a price to pay, Lord. So just help us, Lord. As we change our minds, Father, just change our hearts. We want to see your kingdom advanced. We want to see families strengthened. We want to see marriages strengthened, Lord. We want to see the body grow and the bride prepared. So just help us in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Really quick with all eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never taken that first step, you've never given that first yes to Jesus, you can do that today. Just right there where you are. Just say yes to him and keep saying yes. But if that's you today, if you just want to, right where you are, just raise your hand. No one else is looking. I just want to celebrate that with you after the service, if that's you. And if that's you and you've joined us online this morning, we want to know about it as well. We just want to join arms with you. We'll send you a Bible. We'll pray with you. You can send an email at contact at impactrock.com. Thank you, Lord. You can open your eyes. Friends, as Sarah said earlier, Jesus is the reason for the season. Let's not get caught up in all the other things, but just remember who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Thank you for coming this morning. I'll leave you guys with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a good week, friends.